Welcome to the Beyond the Sermon podcast, where we take your questions from Sunday's teachings in order to form a dialogue about the scriptures and what God is teaching each and every one of us. Well, welcome back to the Beyond the Sermon podcast here for our uh, second part in our two-part series on prayer. Uh, last week, we we talked about the, the first two letters in the Acts uh, prayer method or prayer formula that was adoration and confession. And, and we, we talked about how it's really important to begin with adoration, where we are just simply praising God for who he is, right? It orients our perspective back to God. It puts our eyes back on him. And confession is this, this intimate process of really building trust and building intimacy with God, where we are able to, A, confess where we've fallen short or the, 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 the righteousness that we've avoided. Um, but we also get to operate in this, in this pr- process of lament, where we get to uh, pray with God against the brokenness of this world. They're, they're really, they're pr- protest prayers, right? We're protesting the brokenness of this world. We're grieving uh, injustice with God as he grieves it as well. And, and, and we do that with the hope and the, and the trust that just as Jesus came the first time, he's coming back a second time. And when he comes back a second time, he will um, have justice over every uh, injustice that has ever occurred. And so that's a beautiful, beautiful thing that we get to participate in with prayer. Well, today we're going to, we're going to talk about the, the second uh, uh, two parts of the Acts prayer formula. And so that is thanksgiving and supplication or thanksgiving and our requests, right? We, we should go to God with our requests, he tells us to. Um, but as we as we talk about prayer, you know, last week I shared uh, Rich Velotis, Pastor Rich, Rich Velotis, he said that I used to think when I got distracted in prayer, I was a bad Christian, but now I've come to realize I'm just a human being, right? Um, and so we don't need to feel bad about being distracted in prayer. But when we follow formulas for prayer or structures for prayer, like the Acts formula, it helps us to stay focused and be present to God and enjoy God's presence more and more. Well, two of my other favorite quotes on prayer uh, come from C.S. Lewis. Lewis. Uh, Lewis says this about prayer. He says, for the most of us, the prayer in Gethsemane is the only model. Removing mountains can wait. I, I love the honesty of, of Lewis's reflection here because I think we can get caught up in this trap of uh, this idea where, you know, in, in Matthew chapter 17, Jesus talks about faith and faith that is the size of a mustard seed, which is, a, which is an incredibly small thing, by the way, uh, is great faith, Jesus says. And, and great faith can move mountains. And so um, in, in James chapter 5, he talks about how the, the prayers of the righteous will accomplish much. They're effective. And, and that's true. And so we kind of, sometimes in Christianity, we conflate those two ideas together and we think, well, prayer will move uh, a mountains and effect prayer moves mountains. And really what Lewis is saying here is that the most, the most effective model of prayer for us is, is Jesus. And, and really it's Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he is about to go to the cross, he comes to his Father in prayer. And what prayer really does there for Jesus is it, is it reorients him to God's will right? Um, God, Jesus knows that he's got to go to the cross. Jesus knows in that moment that that is God's plan, yet Jesus confesses that. He asks him, he said, if there's any other way, right? I mean, Jesus is so worked up about this um, that he's literally sweating blood in the garden. And so there's this just 
honest conversation going on between Jesus and his Father in heaven. And what Lewis is saying for us here is that uh, if what we need to do is instead of feeling like for my prayers to be effective, it's got to move mountains, it's got to do all this miraculous work, but really effective, intimate prayer is about reorienting my heart to God's will. And that's really why we want to draw near into prayer. We want to be reoriented uh, to God's will. Uh, the, the other thing that Lewis says, and I think this is a great, a great note for us, and he says it uh, in, his, uh, in, a, in a group of uh, reflections called Petitionary Prayer. And he says this, he goes, I must often be glad that certain past prayers of my own were not granted. Right? Again, is not only do we need the model of Gethsemane where our hearts are turned towards God's will in prayer, um, but, but let's also confess that there are just some things that if God answered them with a no, <laughs> that he did so out of his grace. Because if he would have answered them with a yes, it wouldn't have been for our good or anybody else's good. Because, because so often uh, our prayers, even our supplications and our requests are just... Well, they're just tainted by our own desires. And, and so I think there's just a humility that, that Lewis confesses here that, as he says, I must often be glad that the certain past prayers of my own were not granted. And so we, we can come to know, we can come in prayer knowing that, that God is in, in God's good will that keeps going on in our lives, um, that he is going to answer prayers for our good, our flourishing, and his glory. And, and so he's going to do that by reorienting our hearts to his will and uh, by simply saying no to some foolish things that we might, uh, we might not know are foolish at the moment, right? We might, we might think, yes, Lord, this is what I need. Um, but he's going, nope, I've got a better, I've got something better in the works for you uh, if you'll just continue to lean in and follow me. And so as we do that, again, we're in this formula, following this formula of prayer. And so the second two parts of our Acts prayer formula uh, are, are that of thanksgiving and supplication requests. And so thanksgiving, prayers of thanksgiving are like uh, prayers of adoration. Uh, but one really core difference is that in adoration, we are praising God for who he is. In prayers of thanksgiving, we are praising God for what he has done. Now, those two things often go together, right? Uh, because God is uh, lovingly kind and patient towards us, that's who he is, he then gives us grace. And, and so we can thank him for giving us grace or thank him for uh, the tangible touches of grace in our lives, right? Uh, where uh, a friend might have come to me and given me a hug in a moment when I needed a hug. And, and it's not just a friend being a good friend. I believe as Christians, God ordains those moments in our lives because he, he loves us. He wants to care for us and he wants us to experience, tangibly experience the goodness of his grace. And, and so, or it could be a, a note in the mail or anything like that, right? Where we experience the tangible uh, expression of God's grace in our lives. And, and so we, we give God prayers of thanksgiving. Uh, where we, we praise God for what he has done, right? Uh, maybe it's a financial hardship that you're walking through and yet God continues to provide for your family in significant ways, right? So we're, we're giving God prayers of thanksgiving. We're saying, God, thank you. I saw you show up. I saw you do this thing. Um, I, I saw you uh, manifest your grace in my life in this way. Again, as we as we walk through the formula, there begins to be this really beautiful flow here. We began with adoration, 
praising God for who he is. And then we move to confession, where we are uh, admitting what we have done wrong, right? We're confessing where we've fallen short and that prayers of lament, where we're protesting the brokenness of this age. We're grieving with God as he grieves the brokenness of this age, right? So our eyes begin in adoration by being fixed on God. Then we move to ourselves, uh, but we're not giving requests yet, <laughs> right? Uh, we're actually offering a humility uh, or a humble uh, confession of ourselves, right? We're not going to God going saying, hey, don't you see how awesome I am down here? <laughs> don't you see how amazing I am down here? Don't you see all the things that I've done for you down here, right? We're not trying to convince God of why he should love us. No, instead, we're able to intimately and vulnerably go to him after saying, you are these things. You are sovereign. You are majestic. You are kind. You are patient. You are gracious. You are merciful. And I love you for that. I love you for these things. I praise you for these things. Our eyes reorient to God. And then we're able to go to our, then to ourselves and say, and, and I'm able to vulnerably come to you and say, here's where I'm at. Here's where I'm at at my lowest. Here's where I miss the mark this week, today, uh, in the last hour. And I give this to you because I know that you love me and you want me to draw near to you in this way. And you'll forgive me and you'll, and you'll use this moment to help me to be spurred on to be more like Jesus. Or to confess uh, the brokenness of this age. Lord, I protest um, the, the, the evil and the injustice. Lord, how long will you wait? How long till you come back? Lord, come back and make this right, right? We're grieving with God as he grieves injustice. So our eyes have started with God, and then we offer a, a humble uh, reflection on ourselves and on humanity, right? We're not trying to convince God of how good we are. And then we go back in thanksgiving to how good God is, right? So our eyes go back to seeing God. And that's, that's I think, what, what, um, what Lewis is trying to say here when he says, for most of us, uh, the, the model of prayer that we need is that of Gethsemane. When Jesus is in Gethsemane, he is, he is going to his father, A, knowing that his father's will and his father's plan is good. It is, it is ultimately for the flourishing of mankind and for the glory of God himself, right? Um, and, and so Jesus, being fully God, being one with the Father, understanding the Father's heart, he knows this clearly. And, and yet the prospect of going to the cross is still disturbing. It's still stressful. It's still hard. God does not chastise his son for coming to him in that moment of, uh, of stress and of anxiety. And yet Jesus goes to him because he knows that he's good, <laughs> because he knows that he's trustworthy. And, and he's able to confess those parts of himself and give those back to God. And God reorients his heart there towards his will. And so uh, the, what we see there in Gethsemane is, is again, um, this beautiful moment where in the most stressful and turbulent part of Jesus' earthly life and ministry, he's able to go to his father intimately and God, God, reor God reorients his heart, uh, not because Jesus didn't want to or uh, wasn't convinced that the cross was the way to go. It's just it was an, it was an overwhelmingly difficult circumstance. So Jesus gives that, that, that overwhelmed side of himself to the Father. And the Father reorients his heart and gives him courage to then go walk to the cross. And um, it's, it's the same for us as we go to prayer adoration and confession and then thanksgiving, 
Um, God is, we're, we're allowing God to reorient our hearts to his goodness, right? We, we start with how good God is, who good, who God is, and, and what he's good for, right? Um, his, his nature, his character, we're praising and we're giving adoration about who he is. We're confessing a humble picture of ourselves. And then we're giving him thanks. We're giving him uh, prayers of thanksgiving of what he's done, how he's interceded, how he's cared for us, how he's loved us, how he's provided for us. Again, as we keep this movement uh, back towards God, it, it reorients our heart to seeing God rightly, to seeing God clearly, uh, and to seeing how God has moved faithfully in our lives. There's this beautiful word in the Old Testament. It's the Hebrew word chesed, and it means God's loving kindness. It's often translated as uh, God's loving kindness or just the word love in the Old Testament. It's used over 250 times. It's a, a word of great frequency and it's of, of great importance. But really, the connotation of God's um, loving kindness or his, his love is that it is a loyal love, that God is loyal to his people. He hasn't forgotten them. He sees them, even in their struggle, even in their strife, even in their suffering. God sees them and he is still loyal to them. And that's a beautiful promise. And as we move in prayer through this formula, that is exactly what we get to experience. We get to experience a loyal love of God because we're, we're praising him for who he is, we're offering a humble picture of ourselves back to God, which we can do because we trust him. And we know that he's not going to demean us or belittle us, right? He's not some cosmic bully in the sky waiting to zap us. Um, and, and then we move back to Thanksgiving, praising God for what he's done, how he's provided, how he's manifested his grace, how he's loved us. Uh, and we're seeing those things. And again, so we're we're seeing the loyal love. We're praising it, praising God for his loving kindness and his faithfulness. He's reorienting our hearts towards his will and his good purposes for our lives. And so it's not just some pr effective prayer is not simply about removing mountains, right? Um, but it is about this reorienting towards God's will. A and then once we've moved from those three places, then we can come to God and we can give him our supplications. We can give him our requests. And here again, this is where I love where, where Lewis says in Christian Reflections, a petitionary prayer, he says this, he goes, I must often be glad that certain past prayers of my own were not granted. God wants us to come to him with our requests. God wants us to confess our needs. God wants us to lay the needs of others before him. And we can do that confidently because we know that God is not going to answer our prayers. Um, <laughs> even if our prayers are, are a little goofy, a little off base, a little short-sighted, whatever they might be, we know that he's not going to answer them in any way that is not according to his will. And we know, as we've already moved through prayer of adoration, confession, and thanksgiving, that God's will and God's purposes are good because ultimately God is good. It's what, it's what John says in first in first John. There is no um, uh, that God is good. He is. There's no darkness in Him at all. He is. He is light, and there's no darkness in Him at all. At all, right? Um, there, there's no shifting shadow. There's nothing deceitful about Him. Um, the Bible also says to us, and, and so we know that God is good. So we can go to Him, and He wants us to go to Him with our requests and our supplications, asking Him, Lord, I need Your help with this thing. Uh, Lord, I need your provision in this area. Lord, would you take care of my kids in this way? 
right? And we can go to him and we can offer our prayers of supplication, our prayers of request, uh, offer our needs up to him and, and go and know that he is always going to answer them in a way that is for our good and for his glory. And God always answers prayer. I think this is a, another really interesting side of prayer is that sometimes we go, well, God's not answering my prayers. Well, uh, God always answers prayer. And here's a way that I've heard it said, and I think it's helpful, is that God always answers our prayers with a yes, a no, or a wait. Right? So we can go to God <laughs> and we know that if we get a yes from him, it's because it was according to his will. If we get a no from him on something, um, that, that, then we can trust that it wasn't according to his will, and it's actually for our flourishing that he didn't say yes to it. And here's an example of that in my own life. A, a few years ago, a, a, dear, a dear friend who was a former professor of mine at Trinity called me up, and he works for... He works for a missions agency that focuses on reaching unreached people groups. And so he called me up and he said, hey, Kyle, I'm putting a team together. We're going to fly to Columbia. We're going to then backpack into the jungle. And we are going to train a group of indigenous pastors who are then going to go and they've got a heart to go reach unreached people groups further in the jungle. And so... uh, I was, I was excited. I was honored that he would call me, right? I mean, it's got everything that I, I love, uh, training pastors um, to preach the gospel, to go reach unreached people groups. Uh, we're, we're backpacking. It's adventure. It's, it literally is everything on my bucket list. And he said, I, I, and he said, Kyle, I really would love for you to pray about being on this team. And so Danielle and I uh, went and, I, and we began to pray. And, and of course, when I told Danielle about the, the opportunity, she was like, well, of course you're going. Uh, why wouldn't you go? And I said, well, we got to pray about it. And as we prayed, we prayed for a week over this opportunity. And every time we went to pray, I just, I, I kept sensing from the Lord, no. And, and then uh, as I kept praying, that no kept getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And, and so I just, I said to Danielle, I said, uh, babe, hon, I, the, the Lord's not green lighting this. He's not saying yes to this in my, in my heart and in my mind. And and, and she, she agreed with that. She was getting the same sense. And so when I called my, my friend back up and I said, hey, look, I'm just not, the Lord's saying no to this. And I don't know exactly why yet, but he's saying no to it. And ultimately, um, it was a, there was a season that um, for our, us as a church here in Ames, there was, a, there was a lot going on within our student ministry at that time. And I just, it would have been unhelpful for me to be away during that season. Now, I didn't know that when I was praying that months and months and months ahead of time. Um, but, but I can trust that when God said no to this phenomenal opportunity, right? Why wouldn't I get to do this opportunity of going to the jungle, backpacking in, training pastors to go reach unreached people groups? Like, that's amazing. But God said no to that thing. And, and, and so I don't want to walk in that if God's saying no to it right? Uh, And then God also might say, wait, right? He's just saying that, you know what, that prayer that you're praying, just, it's not a yes, it's not a no right now. It's a, it's a wait and in God's timing. So we're, we're not just trusting for God's goodwill, which we know he only operates in his goodwill, but we're also trusting for his timing. And so that is, as we bring our supplications um, to prayer, as we bring our requests to prayer, but as also as we do that through the process of thanksgiving and seeing how God has acted in our lives, we do that to allow our hearts to be ready to say, uh, God, not on my timing. Yes, I want it on my timing and I want it in my way, but I'm confessing to you that you're greater than I am. I'm, I'm, I'm praising you for how you've worked in my life and I'm trusting you with this thing. And I know that you love me and I can come to you with all things. 
And so I'm, I'm trusting you for your goodwill and for your time, because I know that your will, uh, Heavenly Father, is better than my will, and your timing is perfect, and my timing, well, uh, if my will is not perfect, my timing is not perfect either. And so as we, as we go to God with our supplications, with our requests, we can do that um, with, with right heart and right motives as we move through those other stages of the prayer process. And we can, we can, we can join Lewis in this sentiment, right? I'm, uh, that we can be glad that certain past prayers God has just simply said no to. He hasn't granted. Um, and, and because we can be glad for that and we can be humbled in that and joyful in that because we know that God's will is always good and that his timing is always right. And, and so um, I, just, I just love as we, as we move through this, this structure of prayer that we are getting to experience um, we're getting to experience intimacy with God, but also as our hearts are reoriented towards the goodness of God and the will of God. It, it increases our trust of God. And, and so, again, um, uh, on, the, on the Friday highlights, the Friday email, you can, you can access it on the blog on our church website. Throughout January here, I've, uh, I'm just writing short reflections on the Acts prayer model, that of adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. I just really want to encourage you, however you might be able to do this, um, just carve intentional small steps towards uh, being focused in prayer. And I love, I love using formulas in my own life because it helps me to stay focused and present towards God's presence. And, and so, uh, again, we're not, we're not looking for hero spirituality here. We're just simply looking for faithful steps forward. So if you find yourself not praying once a week, how might you, how might you be able to incorporate prayer two times, three times in this next week, just taking small steps forward. If you find yourself, um, you know, praying multiple times through the week, um, how, how are you spending times, you know, adoring God? Are you, how, what does confession look like? How does, you know, thanksgiving and supplication, how, how might this help shape some of that, that time that you're giving uh, towards God in prayer? Ultimately, why do we want to be invested in prayer is because we want to be connected to the very presence of God. And so I hope these uh, this last two weeks and these two uh, just brief conversations here about prayer and this formula of prayer uh, of acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication is helpful and encouraging to you. And I just uh, love that we're a body that wants to lean into and experience the goodness of God each and every day of our lives. And so we'll see you back again on the podcast next week as we jump back into taking your questions about the text as we work through the book of Acts. We see God move and we are, we're seeing Paul on the first missionary journeys and we're watching the gospel spread and change lives. And we believe the truth here today that Jesus is still in the business of changing lives and we're experiencing it day in and day out. So hope you have a great day and we will talk to you next week.